Welcome to Into Security, Info Security Magazine's monthly podcast, bringing you news highlights and topical debate. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Into Security podcast. I'm your host, James Coker, reporter Info Security Magazine, and I'm joined by our deputy editor, Benjamin David. How are you today, Ben? I am very well. Thanks for asking, James. I'm wondering where all the good sunshine has gone. But yeah, otherwise, uh, very well. How are you? I'm good too, thank you. Yeah, I know what you mean about the weather. It's sort of one one thing to another sunshine and then torrential rain but that's summer in england for you <laughs> but apart from that all good i'm going to start this episode with a on a bit of a sad note as we're recording sort of straight after really the departure of info security magazine's long-standing editor Eleanor Dalloway, who you regular listeners will be definitely well aware of. So Eleanor has put her heart and soul into the magazine over the past 15 and a half years or so. And really, I think everyone can see that she's been integral to its huge success and growth over the years. She'll be sorely missed. And of course, we'll do our very best to carry on her fantastic legacy. However, we know Eleanor will remain a good friend of the magazine in the coming years to come. And I'm sure we'll still be interacting with her on a regular basis. So it's it's not a, not a complete goodbye, which is nice. Before all that, we had a really hectic period here at Info Security Towers. A number of our team attended sunny San Francisco for the start of June. That was the return of the prestigious RSA conference. So as well as enjoying a wine tour in Napa Valley and some fun with the seals <laughs> in the bay, we also did a fair bit of work. So we hope you enjoyed our coverage of a number of the great sessions that took place there and there was a lot of great speakers during that event it was also really good of course to catch up with numerous members of the industry whether through informal coffees or interviews i really enjoyed it my first time there i hope to go there for many years to come as well you can catch plenty of our coverage of the event on our website as well. So RSA was swiftly followed by the, the return of Info Security Europe, which took place for the first time in three years at the Excel London from the 21st to the 23rd of June. We'll be talking more about that later as the main focus of this podcast is going to be reviewing the time we spent there. Before we crack on with our usual news coverage, we just want to say a big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Sneak. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sneak. Developers want to code fast and security wants to ship securely. And that's why they both choose Sneak. Find out more at sneak.co forward slash infosec magazine. That's S-N-Y-K dot C-O slash infosec magazine. Thank you, Ben. So as always, we'll kick things off with a roundup of the most important information security news stories we've reported on recently. Um, So I'm going to hand over to you, Ben, for the first one about the Metaverse investment fraud case. Absolutely. Thanks, James. Yes, a man has been arrested for an alleged $45 million Metaverse investment fraud. So a man arrested in Los Angeles yesterday on suspicion of masterminding a, as I mentioned, a multi-million dollar investment fraud scheme has tricked over 10,000 victims. Now, Neil Chandran, who's 50 of Las Vegas, was charged with three counts of wire fraud and two counts of engaging in monetary transactions in criminally derived property. Now, he owned several technology companies 
marketed to investors as promising high returns as they were about to be acquired by a consortium of prominent business figures, according to the Department of Justice. He allegedly claimed that investor funds would be used for normal expenses to keep the companies operating until they were purchased. Now, the incident alleges that Chandran forced others to make false and misleading representations to investors. Proceeds of the alleged fraud are being seized by the FBI and US Marshals. These 100 assets apparently include bank accounts, real estate and luxury vehicles such as 39 Tesla vehicles. Now, the companies in question operated under the VIRSE-verse brand and included free VI Lab, Studio VI, VI Delivery, VI Market, and ScaleX USA. They were marketed as developing virtual world technologies for use in the company's metaverse, including its own cryptocurrency, according to the Department of Justice. Now, investment fraud was one of the highest earning cybercrime types last year. The 20,600 cases reported to the FBI in 2021 made scammers nearly a whopping $1.5 billion. Over to James with our second story. Thank you, Ben. My first story for this episode comes from a speech given by the National Cyber Security Centre Chief Executive Lindy Cameron. And this took place during Cyber Week in Tel Aviv in Israel earlier this week. So the main focus of her talk was the importance of having a clearer definition and enforcement of the rules that govern activity in cyberspace. She pointed out this is crucial to ensure the digital world remains a place of opportunity and ensure it doesn't become a place of conflict and struggle. So this really comes in light of growing cyber capabilities with countries around the world developing offensive cyber capabilities to potentially use to strike adversaries. An example of this is the UK, which is in the process of creating a national cyber force, which is designed to confront aggressive cyber behaviour from nefarious actors. However, Cameron emphasised there needs to be more clarity on how and when such capabilities can be used in a way that is legal, responsible and proportionate. Unsurprisingly, Cameron also used her speech to highlight the threats in cyberspace from nation states, in particular Russia and China. But despite recent events that have obviously put the Russian threat into the spotlight, she reiterated that the biggest long-term strategic challenge comes from China due to its work in developing new technologies that could be designed in a way that is used to coerce and control populations. Therefore, she said that like-minded liberal nations must work together closely to develop technologies and systems which allow us to avoid reliance on products not aligned with our values. And I'll hand over to you, Ben, for next one of your stories. Thanks, James. Yeah, so this is the story about the Ukrainian cops bust multi-million dollar fishing gang. So uh, Ukrainian cyber police have arrested nine alleged members of a prolific fishing gang that made 3.4 million dollars by luring locals with the promise of financial support from the EU. Now, digital experts teamed up with police department officers and specialists from the National Bank of Ukraine to crack the case. The nine are accused of building and operating over 400 fishing sites that requested victims to enter their bank account and card details in order to apply for social welfare payments from the EU. 
Now, once they received the data, the gang would use it to hijack users' account and transfer their funds. Now, according to the NBU, over 5,000 victims were scammed this way, earning the fraudsters millions. While arresting the nine men, the police also seized computer equipment, mobile phones, bank cards and money obtained by criminal means. They've been accused of fraud and unauthorised interference in the work of IT systems and networks. Now, the incident shows the agility of scammers in exploiting rapidly changing local circumstances to monetize attacks at any cost. Now, with many suffering economic hardship in the country since Russia's invasion, the lure of potential EU financial support uh, clearly proved irresistible. Um, James, over to you for your last story, an FBI related one. Yes, that's right. So our final story of this month's news roundup is a public service announcement recently released by the FBI. And this was warning employers not to fall for fraudulent attempts from job candidates to land remote working roles. It said that voice spoofing and stolen personally identifiable information are being used to trick managers into waiving applications through by the use of deepfake technologies. So the announcement said complaints report the use of voice spoofing or potentially voice deepfakes during online interviews of the potential applicants. It continued, in these interviews, the actions and lip movement of the person seen interviewed on camera do not completely coordinate with the audio of the person speaking. At times, actions such as coughing, sneezing, or other auditory actions are not aligned with what is presented visually. The end goal for the scammers appears to be landing a remote working role in which they can access sensitive customer and corporate information from their new employer. Many of those reported positions include access to customer um, personally identifiable information, financial data, corporate IT databases, and or proprietary information. In some of these incidents, employers apparently raised the alarm after pre-employment background checks revealed that the PII submitted by some applicants belonged to someone else. So really, this is the latest reminder about the threats posed by deep fakes as this technology becomes increasingly sophisticated. We've already seen it used successfully in corporate scams. We've one case fraudsters impersonating an energy firm's chief executive in order to dupe an employee into transferring $243,000 into them. So, yeah, a real reminder of the, the issues that could be faced now and certainly in the future from deep fake technology. Developers want to code fast and security wants to ship securely. And that's why they both choose Sneak. Backed by industry-leading security intelligence, Sneak provides real-time scanning with automated fixes and remediation advice right from the tools and workflows developers use. Code, dependencies, containers, cloud infrastructure, all of it. And while developers are building securely, Sneak gives security teams a bird's eye view of all of their projects so they can prioritize and focus their efforts in the right places. Developer tested, security approved, create your free account at sneak.co forward slash infosec magazine. That's S-N-Y-K dot C-O slash InfoSec magazine.
Now let's have a chat about all things Info Security Europe, uh, which took place last week. So Ben, it was your first in-person Info Security event, as it was for me. So firstly, how how was your overall experience at the show? Just one word, James. Wild. I mean, this was my first big show here at Info Security Magazine, and was quite sad, of course, given Eleanor's impending departure. Now, despite our collective blues. I was amazed by, I guess, the sheer organization the Info Security Europe team demonstrated in setting up everything. Uh, actually, on that point, um, however, there were some interesting booths on the uh, showroom floor, some more colorful than, than others. Now, I saw, I'm, I'm sure you saw it as well, an ominous 15-foot, I think, robot bug hybrid there were like two or three Formula One cars and a litany of video games and competitions. Now, as many of the attendees saw, I was on video host duties for much of the show at our own booth, having the pleasure of speaking with diverse speakers with uh, from various cyber sectors. <laughs> However, the glamorous life of cameras and bright lights sure can wilt you. How is it for you, James? Yeah, likewise, completely echo what you're saying about the 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 work that the the whole Info Security Europe team put into putting the conference on, and yeah, we got to see it firsthand by sort of doing our own little bit to help set things up on on the Monday before the event. But overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've been working at Info Security Magazine since 2020, but this was my first ever in-person Info Security Europe show due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So there was obviously a few issues really caused by by the rail strikes that took place in the UK on the Tuesday and Thursday of, of the event. But I think all things considering, it was it was a really good time. And I think it was, the people there kind of all said about the great conversations they were able to have during the event. And of course, all the, all the excellent sessions that took place as well. And, and as you mentioned, it was great to have all those moderating duties where we got to speak to so many experts on stage about various topics in cybersecurity. So it was obviously it was, it was really good. Well, very, very tiring though. I think the whole team were, were definitely in need of a rest after, after the final day on Thursday. So if you could narrow it down to one, Ben, what would you say was your favourite part of the event? Ooh, good, good question. Difficult question. Um, I think the event allowed me to spend quality time after each day with the rest of the InfoSec Mag team. And I suppose it's not really the moment that you remember from such big events per se. It's uh, it's the people. What about you, James? What was the um, your favourite part of the, the conference? Yeah, I can definitely agree with, with that point you said. Yeah, I had a lot of things in mind, really, when I was considering this question. So I, I loved moderating a session on ransomware payments on the keynote stage. That was a great experience for me. And obviously the various interviews and panel discussions that I had the privilege of moderating during the event. And probably the biggest thing for me, as well as being able to spend a lot of quality time with our team, as you say, um, was able to just meet a number of people in person for the first time, perhaps people I'd previously spoken to on video calls or, or just had email correspondence. So it was brilliant to just be able to meet more people in the flesh, so to speak, for the first time. And yeah, you, you find that the conversations are so different when you're able to do it in person. And to be honest, yeah, it really got my creative juices flowing, some of the conversations I had. Yeah, watch this space for, for future feature articles, hopefully. And so what was the, your favourite session that you attended, Ben? 
Well, so I didn't actually get to attend many sessions since I was on editing duty for most of the show, although I did enjoy the cybersecurity as a joint public-private sector in, uh, security imperative featuring uh, Nitan Natarajan, who's a deputy director uh, of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, also with uh, Pete Cooper, who's the deputy director of cyber defense at uh, the cabinet office. What's really interesting about that session is that they explored how to build leadership uh, resilience to cope with disruptive changes and to adapt quickly and how to uh, strengthen collaboration to uh, efficiently stop uh, cyber criminals. But same question back to you, uh, James, what was your favourite session? Yeah, it was a similar story for me, really. And I didn't get to attend too many sessions uh, due, due to our other duties at the show. But I did really enjoy a keynote address from Marsha Quallo Wright, who's Deputy Director for Critical National Infrastructure at the National Cybersecurity Centre. So she discussed the latest threat trends the NCSC is, is observing that are facing the UK. So there's quite a few themes in there, um, probably quite un surprising but it's, it's nice to hear what they've been seeing in detail so these include the growing threat of nation state attacks and the constantly evolving danger of ransomware um, which is a big big issue for all organizations absolutely and yeah so some fantastic um some sessions and unfortunate that um, the travel disruptions impacted the show to to some extent despite that i mean you know the Infrosecurity Europe team did an amazing job and it was wonderful for me to have met with the, um, such amazing people. However, um, unfortunately, that's all we got time for in this episode, sadly. So thanks to our sponsors again, Sneak. Developers want to code fast and security wants to ship securely. And that's why they both choose Sneak. Find out more at sneak.co forward slash infosec magazine that's s-n-y-k dot c-o forward slash infosec magazine thanks ben and um just as a final reminder take a look at our website for our coverage of the event we covered a number of really impressive sessions and speakers that, that took place we'd also over the next week or two we'll, we'll be publishing a number of the videos that we recorded there of interviews and panel discussions so keep an eye out for that as well it would definitely be well worth your time but with that thank you everyone for listening we'll be back soon with another episode but in the meantime i've been james and i've been benjamin Thanks for listening to Into Security. For in-depth interviews with the industry's finest minds, check out our sister podcast, Into Security Chats. And join us again next month. Until then, stay safe and keep up to date with everything you need to know about information security via infosecurity-magazine.com. Music